This week we're focused on vision with Solomon, Elisha, and Peter. There are several past episodes from Speak Lord that just had vision things in their title. So this week we're going to listen to episode called Longview, and uh, one that uses the term nearsighted, and another one called Open My Eyes. God really cares about how we see things, how we envision things. Our vision motivates action, and it impacts our attitude. So in this first episode, Longview, you'll notice the sound quality is poor, but the message is good. It reminds us that it is very frustrating when we take the short view of life. When we don't see the long view, we just want to give up. So here's that episode, Long View. You're listening to Speak Lord. I'm Ryan Rogers. What I'm trying to do and what I hope to encourage you to do is to take the long view. I was actually born in a town called Longview, but that has nothing to do with what I'm trying to do right now. Actually, it comes from my reflection on the book of Ecclesiastes. In chapter 3, verse 16, I read, Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there is wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there is wickedness. So this is another one of those things in the book of Ecclesiastes that Solomon really doesn't like. It's irritating to him. And that is that life isn't fair. Cause and effect are distorted. They don't work perfectly. He talks about how life just keeps going on and there's nothing new under the sun. It's like he's searching for a life hack and he can't crack the code and he finds that though he's tried some things, it didn't work out the way he predicted because cause and effect don't work out perfectly in an unfair world. So we see some examples of this like in chapter 7 verse 15. In my vain life I have seen everything. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his evil doing. See, that's not fair. The righteous man shouldn't perish when the wicked man has a long life. And that bugs him. Chapter 8, verse 14. There is a vanity that takes place on earth that there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked and there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity. Another example of this unfairness is in chapter 2, verse 20. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity, a great evil. It's not fair. One works, another gains. One is good and suffers, another is bad and prospers. One is wise and it all falls apart, and another is foolish, and it all works out. At least, it all works out in the short view. But even in the book of Ecclesiastes, we're reminded, chapter 7, verse 8, that the end of a matter is better than its beginning. We only see the end when we take the long view. And in the end, there will be justice. It will be worth it to do the right thing. 
and it won't be worth it to try to get ahead by doing it the wrong way. If we take the short view, we will despair and ask, why am I trying so hard to do the right thing? Why don't I just give in? Why am I advocating so hard for this person and they don't even care? Why am I putting in the hard hours and they aren't? Why am I giving so much as a mother of little ones and receiving so little recognition? Why shouldn't I just give up? Why shouldn't I just give back to my boss the cruelty that he gives to me? Why not cut corners? Why not bend my values just a little bit? It works. I can get ahead. All that integrity doesn't do anything for me. All that might be true when we take the short view. But in the long view, your diligence is rewarded. Your integrity is worth it. Your sacrifice and unreciprocated kindness and self-control to not repay evil for evil and your loss in refusing to bend your morals, it's all worth it. When God looks at you and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. In that moment, we're not worried about life being unfair anymore. We're not stressed about injustice. We're just grateful that we were faithful. Maybe the short view in your life right now is really frustrating. It makes you just want to give up. Take the long view. In the end, God has the final word. He makes the wrongs right. And that's what we'll see when we take the long view. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. You can find more of Speak, Lord at PastorRyanRogers.com and by searching for Palmer SDA Church wherever you get podcasts. Our next episode is about how being nearsighted stunts our spiritual growth. Our lack of spiritual growth is evidence that we are not seeing something very important. Here's that episode. 2 Peter chapter 1 says of people who stop growing in Christ that they're nearsighted and blind. I just had LASIK surgery done a month ago, so vision is on my mind. And I'm so grateful for improved sight. But this verse makes me reflect on how good my spiritual sight is. So here's what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Before that verse is a list of qualities the ones that the nearsighted and blind people lack. So here's that list, starting in verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. So that was the list. Good things. Those are things that we get when we grow in Christ to become more like him. And when you have those, those qualities keep us from being ineffective. When you don't have those, Peter is arguing that you're so nearsighted that you're blind. So why is it that not having these good spiritual virtues means you're blind? Wouldn't that just mean you're less mature? 
He's calling us to grow into these things. But if I'm not growing in Christ, that doesn't mean I'm blind. It just means I'm not growing. Notice how he makes his case. He says that that person is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. When we are aware of the reality of what God has cleansed us from, we want more. It's the miracles he's done in us that keeps us hungry for growing in him. It's not like a duty, oh man, I got to accomplish this list and grow. But when God is transforming us and we look back and see what he's cleansed us from, we want to add to our faith virtue. We want to keep growing. So when we stop growing, Peter says we're blind because we are no longer seeing the amazingness of what God has done in our lives. Have you been growing in Christ lately? If we aren't, one of the reasons is that we are becoming blind to what God has already done in our lives. So if we want to grow, we can just look back on what God has already done in us and what he's brought us through, and it should fire us up to experience more of God, to experience the things he has for us that are still future, and we can keep adding to that list all of those things that make us more like Christ. Just like God has been so good to me in the past, he's got more, and it's just as good, and I want it. How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And you can find more of Speak, Lord, at PastorRyanRogers.com. And for our final episode on vision, we're going to go to one of the best stories in Scripture. In this one, spiritual vision turns an incredibly terrifying situation into a victorious, awesome faith-building moment. Here is the episode, Open My Eyes. You're listening to Speak, Lord. I'm Ryan Rogers. I'm going to suggest a prayer we can pray in any of our difficulties. When we are afraid, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel outnumbered, when we feel stressed. And the prayer is, Lord, open my eyes. It's a prayer that Elisha prayed for his servant when his servant was freaking out. I love this story. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6. And in this book that is dedicated to kings, Elisha's story takes up 10 chapters. 10 chapters of amazing things God does. And in this story, he has frustrated the king of Syria because in his prophetic gift, he knows what the king of Syria is thinking and saying from a distance. God reveals to him the plans of the king. So whenever the king tries to attack, Elisha knows his plans and ruins them. So the king's frustrated and he thinks there's a leak in his army. And then his men tell him that it's actually this prophet, Elisha, who knows what the king says in his bedroom. So the king says, we got to take care of this guy. And he goes to surround Elisha's camp. Elisha knows that they're coming because God reveals to him the king's plans. But he stays right where he is. He's not afraid. And his servant goes out, and here's where I'll start reading the story. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 and on. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? That would be a scary thing to wake up to. And Elisha says, 
Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That is an awesome, heroic thing to say. But if you're the servant, you're struggling to believe that it's true. It is true. God is more powerful. The forces of good are more numerous than the forces of evil. But it didn't feel very true that morning for Elisha's servant because as he looked up, all he could see was the Syrian army surrounding him. And that's when Elisha prayed the prayer. O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So what is it that we see when God opens our eyes? Well, the text says, So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When our eyes are opened, we see the presence of God. And every scary situation looks completely different when our eyes are open to the presence of God. When that servant saw the presence of God, the Syrian army wasn't scary anymore. So that's the prayer for us. Any situation in which we feel overwhelmed or scared or outnumbered, pray this prayer. Lord, open my eyes to your presence. As I let myself think about it, I want so badly to see the armies of God. I want to see the horses and the chariots and the flaming swords. I want my eyes open to see his presence the next time I have to have a difficult conversation or the next time that I'm overcommitted and tired and don't know how I'm going to get it done. I want to see his presence the next time I'm in an argument with someone or have anxiety about a relationship. And I want my eyes open to see God's presence. And I'm pretty convinced that that would change my perspective on everything. How is God speaking to you today? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. You can find more of Speak, Lord at PastorRyanRogers.com or by searching for Palmer SDA Church wherever you get podcasts.